Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to the kickoff a presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. I am the voice of reason from a fantasy football podcast that may or may not still exist. We'll have to discuss that later. Joining me, as per usual, he is Dynamite, Eric Watkins. Who's got two thumbs and is doing a podcast only a day after doing a five-hour live podcast? This guy. The Riz, Randy Isbell. Hello, hello, hello. Wait, is it time? It's time. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back. Same old place that you laughed about. Hey there, Jason. <laughs> How are the Hoot Owls? The Hoot Owls are on a magnificent winning streak. Uh, they uh, defeated the Burger Kings. Uh, they defeated the Hedgehogs from Sonic. Um, the Sonic Rings, actually. No, they... they there was a dispute, and they had to, just like the Redactids, they had to go undergo a name change. And so they're now the Sonic, uh, the Hedgehogs from Sonic, uh, just kind of like Washington football team. Um, there was there was some kind of marketing dispute. Uh, well, as, as I understand it, they do spend a lot of time chasing tails. That is right. Uh, two of them, actually. Uh, and they've got a big game uh, with the um, the Milky Ways this weekend. Uh, it's a galactic battle. I'm telling you, you're lucky that the Buckets had that COVID outbreak. It was rescheduled, but we're coming for your ass. Yeah, they had a the the yeah they got some the they got some uh, they got some definitely got some breasts and thighs that you know we should be concerned about. Some of them players are good and greasy, I'll tell you that. Slip right through. Well, they do have that watermelon Gatorade on the sidelines, too, to quench the thirst of their players. I understand Eric has to go jogging in South Alabama once this broadcast is over. This is correct. We didn't have to remind him about that, Harry. He he, he had a long-forgotten... Okay, so tonight and is a very... I want to say this. Randy, it's great to see you. Welcome back, sir. It hasn't been the same with Tachi, Jason. Whatever. Y'all, y'all had more fun without me than you do with the me. Fact, the fact that that's true doesn't change the fact that it's good to see you. It still isn't the same. <laughs> All right, so we are running kind of an amended format of the kickoff tonight. Um, technically speaking, it should be next week, but we're doing it this week. This will be our midseason awards slash prediction update episode. 
and we will be getting to that towards the end of the broadcast. So from our standard format, there will be no so that happened, no I've got a question, and no pour one out for the homers this week. However, there are some homers to talk about, and we will do that in the form of how we always open the show. It's time for studs. And duds. Ooh. No, Jason, you're back. Let's let you go first. Who's your stud for the week? Uh, my stud will make one uh, Robert Taylor um, very happy because I'm taking Patrick Mahomes, who threw four for four, um, who threw for 416 yards and five touchdowns against Randy's um, New York Jets. Uh, the Jets actually came out. The, I really thought this was going to be a, a much better game uh, in that fourth quarter, uh, first first little bit of the game. They actually showed some life, and then I mean, then Kansas City just ran away with it. Um, the first half, I mean, I, I can say that the Jets at least put a better showing on against Kansas City than the entire Sunday Night Football uh, broadcast. So. There's that. There's something to take uh, pride in. But, yeah, I mean, Mahomes, um, as much as I hate to say it, and I kind of puke in my mouth when I do say it, he had a QB rating of 144.4, which is damn near perfect. Uh, it's on in that realm of being close to perfect. Um, I believe the max possible is a 156.3. 158. Yes. 158.3. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, he was definitely in, in the realm of it uh, through to, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Targeted 11 different receivers. Uh, 10 of them had catches. So, I mean, I, I've got to I've got to go with Mahomes here as much as I hate Robert Taylor and hope he, you know, gets some communicable disease. Uh, I have to give props. Well, Randy, at least your Jets were covering the spread in the first half. It doesn't matter. You can't be a stud if you're playing a minor league team. <laughs> um, Randy, technically speaking, if we would have given you 30, you would have covered. I told you. I, I knew what the line was going to be. It should have been. He did, he did say 30 last week on the show, and they would have covered it 26. All right, Randy, let's talk about something positive from your football weekend. Who's your stud for the week? I'm actually going to take the team that completely crushed me in my Are You Serious pick, and that's the Cincinnati Bearcats, who completely demolished the Memphis Tigers 49-10, to and I don't think it was even that close. Uh, Jerome Ford probably is my player of that game. Only had nine carries, but still had 116 yards and two touchdowns. Just a complete dynamic player. And I, I don't see Cincinnati losing the rest of the way now. And we'll see if if they have a, a sniff at the playoffs or not. If it's going to happen, I think this could be the year that it does. But the thing about it is, is that I think there's another team that's not getting the recognition that it deserves, and they're all the way up into damn near the top ten in the in the, the nation as well in the BYU Cougars, who I tried to warn Eric about, but Eric doesn't listen to me. Look again, maybe you would have thought with the triple option, but no, they still have issues with tackling. 
Huh. Good thing I actually have made some money since then, but um, could have been more. Could have been more. All right, Eric, who's your stud for the week? Does anybody remember Ahmad Rashad? Uh, the guy that yeah. used to host South with Hannah Storm? Very good. But did you know what he did before he was the host for Inside Stuff? He, he played he was, he was football somewhere. Yes, he Minnesota. did. He was wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, both of you are correct. And during his tenure as a receiver for the Vikings, he scored four touchdowns in a single game. He was the last player to do so until Sunday. My stud, the first Viking to score four touchdowns in a single game since that fateful day, Dalvin Cook. I was very thankful that it was against the Packers simply because, but like seeing him run and just have that insane level of day and one of those touchdowns being receiving, kudos and naturally upending the football universe yet again. The Bears couldn't take advantage, though, as they lost the squeaker to the Saints in overtime 26-23, so the Packers still lead the, still lead the North. Yeah, I've got some interesting thoughts about the Bears, though. Dun-dun-dun. Dramatic reverb. All right. Um. So... I got two words that I never thought I would say for a stud on this show. Eric, does the name Justin Zimmer mean anything to you? It's ringing a couple of bells. Yeah. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, and I didn't know who the hell this kid was. Until the final drive of the game on Sunday against the New England Patriots, and Justin Zimmer forces a Cam Newton fumble to steal a 24-21 Buffalo victory, snapping a seven-game losing streak against the Patriots. I was impressed that New England even made that a game. I wasn't surprised. It's Belichick. He's dominated the Bills over the last two decades. Well, I, I mean, I want, hate... I didn't I hate want to bring up 35-5, and five, but since you did... I... I uh, it, it's a factual statement there. Buffalo has been awful against Belichick, and the only times we've beaten them is when they've had playoff berths pretty much locked up, except for the one year we started out the season with a 38 nothing shutout. But, yeah, my stud for the week, since we're not going to pour one out for the homers officially, is going to be Justin Zimmer for stealing Buffalo's first victory over New England in its last seven attempts. You know, speaking of streaks, Eric, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and go first on Dud here because it kind of ties in. Go for it. I mean, it makes me angry, but go for it. Um, did you know that since he was hired as the head coach at the University of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh is a combined one in six at home against Michigan State and Ohio State? Yet he still has a job. Even I've got to wash my hands at that situation. I think that that statement ends at the end of this year unless they beat Ohio State. I think Harbaugh gets fired if they don't beat Ohio State. So, you're saying, so you're saying Harbaugh gets fired. Gotcha. Mm, I mean, more or less, yes. But facts. As little brother came into the big house, 
after losing to fucking Rutgers the week prior and defeated Michigan 24-21, to thus making Harbaugh 1-6 at home against Michigan State and Ohio State. Congratulations, Jim. You fucked it up again. Eric, who's your dud for the week? Combining staying in the state of Minnesota and going in the Big Ten, we all talk about a certain Pago Vailoa, which I've learned his full first name, and I have to get it back up again. Well, he's got a uh-huh. little—he's bro- got a little brother, Taglia, who plays at Maryland. Maryland played Minnesota. It was a great game, but then Minnesota had the chance to win. Their kicker, oh. I believe you said his name was Walker? His last name was Walker, yes. Yeah, you come on, and it's great. You've got one job. You go ahead, you perform it successfully, life goes on. He didn't perform it successfully. Maryland with a bit of a mild upset, especially since the Gophers were my pick to win the West. Really 40. Go ahead. 45-44 Terrapins, although the true story of this game to me was the running backs for both teams, as both running backs went over 200 yards on this game. And that would have continued to be the story had it not been for the miss. Okay, that's fair. Thank you. Uh, congratulations to Talia. Talia? Talia. Talia? Talia? Talia. You pronounce the G. There is no G. It's T-A-U-L-I-A. I thought there was a G in there. There's no it's an, G. It's an O-G. I'm telling you, it's like Talia or or Talia or something like that. There is no G, Eric. I'm telling you. Google. Yeah, I am, and you're right. But anyway, um, congratulations to the kid on his first victory as a starting quarterback. In college, he left the University of Alabama when he realized that he wasn't going to start there. And then 2020 put its nose in and affected everything. But Talia still ended up at the University of Minnesota. And can I give an honorary dud to the announcers on that game who would not shut the fuck up about him? Yeah, I thankfully didn't pay attention that much and, and didn't tune in until the end. So. Feel free. I was I watched the game on uh, ESPN on uh, the ESPN app. I slept through the game live when it happened. I told you before my sleep schedule was all fucked up, but I went back and I watched it the next day on the watch ESPN app and the announcers would not shut the fuck up about him. He's to his little brother. He's to his little brother. He used to play at Alabama, but when he realized that he wasn't going to get the start down there, he came up here to Minnesota. Shut the fuck up. Speaking of Tua Tagovailoa, Randy? Yeah, Tua's my dud. I know Miami's able to beat the Rams this last week, 28-17, but it wasn't because of Tua. I, I just... I'm not going to post judgment on him just yet. Obviously, it's just his first start. You got to give him time. And we we talked about this last week that this was not the opponent that I think the Dolphins really were hoping for. But with the the COVID reschedulings, 
It wasn't the Jets after the bye week. It ended up being the Rams, but I don't know. He just he does not look like an NFL quarterback to me. And I hope I'm wrong. So I, I I don't like wishing ill on anybody, but I didn't see it in his opener. Now, Randy, let's be fair. It was Tuaniga Manu Olepola's first game. Let's calm down a bit. Dad, do you guys? What? That's his first name. Uh, well, the good news for Tua is as bad as he played in that game, there was somebody else in that game who played just as bad, if not worse. Jason? Yeah, I'm actually going to the other quarterback that was in that game. And I'm taking Jared Goff. I mean, I'm pretty sure that his QB rating of 65.9 was all done in the second half in garbage time. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he threw for 355 yards. But he had two sacks, two interceptions, uh, I think two fumbles uh, or one fumble. I know one fumble was uh, returned for a touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, and this this game hurt my heart um, because I think uh, this was one of my locks for the week. I'm pretty sure I might have even took this as my survivor last week, and that might have bit me in the ass. Uh, uh, so. You did not take that as your survivor last week. Uh, oh, yes, you did. I take that back. You did. And then, I was, uh, was going to say Eric picked that as his RE series of the week and got his first victory of the season straight up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, golf was sacked, uh, fumbled, recovered for a touchdown, two interceptions. I mean, <laughs> I, I really think that this uh, Rams team was looking way past Miami. Uh, and what made it worse is golf had came out and said they, he was really looking forward to playing Miami so his receivers could have uh, career dates. Yeah, that didn't age well. So, yeah, I had to take golf because legitimately having such a horrible QB rating uh, against a struggling Miami team that they should have easily handled Got him my dead of the week. Yeah, that kind of comment has shades of West Germany versus Algeria in 1982 all over it. Do you believe in soccer miracles? More. They were gloating, saying about how they're going to dedicate their 7th and 8th goals to their wives and dogs, and Algeria beat them. But that wasn't the main story from the World Cup, as it turned out. I'll explain later. That wraps us up for studs and duds. We are now going to move into the first of our two prediction segments here with our I'm a survivor pick. Jason, I have good news for you, sir. I am zero. Yeah, but your record is safe. My seven-game winning streak came to an end this week as Carolina laid an egg against Atlanta on Thursday night football. About that, the Falcons actually remembered what you're supposed to do with the lead. So, in this instance, the all-time Are You Serious record remains at nine. 
However, due to forfeiture, Mama Watkins will be resetting back to two. And the current leader for longest win streak right now is Randy at two games. Myself, Eric, and Jason all lost our games this past week, and I'm a survivor. I'll take the lead, no problem. So what happens when you pick against the Jets back-to-back weeks. I mean, he's not wrong. We'll get to Randy last. I will start. Um, Jason? Yes. Don't let me down. Giants over the Washington football team. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of like that pick. I mean, especially if we play like we did against Tampa. Uh, until that last play we won't go into. Uh, the pass interference that should have been called. But I, I, I'm okay with that. I mean, Washington is one of the wins that we have on the year. So I'm the actually the only one we have in the year. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I think that's. Uh, don't think we beat anybody else. Nope, you're one in seven. Yeah. So, so I I, I like that. I, we can we can sweep Washington uh, by proxy. We're the best team in the uh, division. What is it? With your team and two-point conversions. Well, I mean, technically, the Eagles are 3-4-1 and one in leading the division pretty handily right now. <coughs> All right, Eric. Let's see if you can't rebound here. Who you got? Yeah. No Jimmy Garoppolo. No George Kittle. Aaron Rodgers continuing his fuck you tour, now extra motivated after the trade deadline and he doesn't get the receiver he wants. Give me the Packers. Jason, you too look to get off the schneid. Oh, I think I'm going to get off there. Uh, With the easy pick, uh, uh, one of my most hated teams uh, and taking the Steelers over the Cowboys. I think Uncle Rico is actually suiting up to play quarterback for the Cowboys this year. Yeah, yeah, I saw him looking good on the bench, but the problem is there's no mountains in Texas that he can throw it over. So, Well, uh, Willie Beeman turned down a one-game contract, as well as John Moxley. Um, Lance Harbor uh, has not been cleared to compete. Um, So, yeah, uh, I mean... I mean, they got turned. They got turned to Puerto Rico. Well, I mean, they couldn't go up to Washington and find footsteps. Shane Falco, come on, (laughs) would have provided some mobility at least. I got a phone call right when we were in the middle of the show. People don't realize that Wednesday nights are my record time for the podcast. Are we still going, or are we paused? We're good. We're going. Yeah, we were still going. Okay. All right. Um, I actually heard that there's talk about them signing Brucey for a game. Well, that that is that is possible if they can t- if his parole officer will let him let him out on good behavior. I appreciate you getting that reference, Jason. Thank you. No problem. All right. So Eric is taking Green Bay. Jason is taking Pittsburgh. Randy, it's two in a row. You're looking to extend it. I'm definitely not going to take the Patriots over the Jets. So give me the Houston Texans to take out Jake Luton and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sorry, Eric. 
I mean, normally I would be angry, but no, I can't be at this case. Uh, L, L for L, Eric. L for L? L, L. Losing to Lawrence. Hmm. Uh, no, because, like, we're really much better than the Jets. Come on. Quitting for the quarterback? Because mm, at this point, look. He's got his choices between teams like the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is it a wonder why he's now starting to say he may decide to stay for his senior year? Didn't we discuss that on the show last week, though? What's going to be his reaction when the Jets go 0-16 again next year and he's stuck going to New York anyway? Or if the fact that even if the Jets go, we say, 3-13, and but the Jaguars go 1-15 again and he's stuck coming here. And we have to try to lure Dabo Sweeney all over again. Uh, all right, so there's your I'm a Survivor pick for the week. We now immediately go into our Are You Serious pick for the week. As previously mentioned earlier in the show, Eric is off the schneid. He has a straight-up victory. Goddamn time. Thank you, Dolphins defense and special teams. It came at Jason's expense, and I'm a survivor, but hey, at least Eric has one now. Updated standings next week on the show as we get ready for week 10. We do the updated standings every three weeks. I will start the... Pac-12 starts its college football season this year, and a habitually overrated team is once again overrated. I am referring to the USC Trojans. They are going to face the Arizona State Sun Devils, and Herm Edwards and the rest of Sparky are going to beat them in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. I will take Arizona State plus 10.5 over USC. Well, so much for that, though. All the extra hype and Matt Leinert and Reggie Bush coming back uh, on Big Noon kickoff for a USC game. That COVID will get you. Randy, college football, who you got? Are you serious? Illinois doesn't have a gate or a win yet this season. They're 0-2. But I have faith that they can win at home against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Give me the Fighting Illini plus 7. Jason, I believe we call your game easy picking. Uh, I believe that is that is uh, a good one. I mean, they I, I've taken UMass, uh, who who is I uh, got a whopping plus forty five spread uh, versus my hometown Marshall Thundering Herd, um, and I think that's a safe bet. Um, I don't. The reason, Reason now the reason why I'm taking this game there is there is a reason um, and we'll talk more about that next week but um, it is because the coaching staff at Marshall d- does not like to embarrass teams so they will not throttle an opponent so taking the 45 points out of humanity sake is a pretty good uh pretty good bet uh eric you know my propensity for the simpsons right mm-hmm. 
Is that why when he said that I couldn't help but think to myself, why are you throttling yourself? Why are you throttling yourself? It made perfect sense. Who's your college pick for the week? Well, Hans aren't uh, entirely the best outside of Clemson in the ACC. Virginia Tech, yes, they've got a good record, they, but they've also got some major issues. And we talked about independence and the fact that Liberty is on a, yeah, we don't know Falwell tour of their own in the rankings, trying to keep an unbeaten streak going. Give me Liberty plus 14 and a half. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Never mind. Yeah, fuck that emu. How dare you, sir? It's a long story, trust me. I got beef with that place. Got heat with the emu. Dog, dog, well, okay. dog is cool, though. Dog is okay. Mildly annoying, but okay. Nope. If you got heat with Lemo, emu, you got heat with me. <laughs> Moving over to the National Football League, and are you serious? Uh, well, they fucked me last week. Maybe they'll help me this week. I'm once again picking against the Atlanta Falcons as they are a favorite this time. Give me the Denver Broncos coming off of a literal last-second victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. And they are at Atlanta getting four points. I will take Denver plus four. Randy? (sighs) I don't know if I want to, but I wrote it down. The Jets are going to screw up this number one pick. I have a feeling. Jason said it earlier. They played okay in the first half against the Chiefs. Mims looks pretty good as a wide receiver. Crowder might be back this week. Patriots look awful. And the Jets are at home on a terrible Monday night game, getting seven points. So I am going to take my Jets and hope to jinx the hell out of them and make sure that they stay in that number one spot. Current projections are right around 58% for that number one pick. Heads will roll if Belichick drops to two and six, losing to back-to-back division games. Especially to Adam Gase. Again. Jason? Uh, I'm actually going to take the Saints, who are um, getting four and a half, I think. Uh, four. Uh, so five. Okay, so they're getting five. Um, versus the Bucks. Uh, I think that you know, being the Giants fan that I am, uh, I, I've seen a lot of a lot of mistakes in that game uh, from Brady, and that offense isn't as good as what the talent on it should be. So, um, uh, Michael Thomas is suspected to be back. Uh, so I, I look for I look for a really good showing from New Orleans and not only winning with the points, but I think they'll take the game straight up. Eric, you wrap us up for are you serious? In the battle of what is looking more and more likely as two increasingly fraudulent teams, uh, given the kind of issues really on both sides of the ball for both of them, it's not something that I'm entirely putting my full heart into it, but I figure, why the hell not? So, my boy Kenny, if you're listening, yes, I am doing this to you. 
give me the Bears plus six against the Titans. And if you will just so happen to be able to be in a position to have victory sex, Kenny, if you want to rub in my face by recording it and getting all the angles, fine. If you insist. Your views and opinions of Eric Watkins do not necessarily reflect the rest of us those here at the WQM Network. Viewer discretion. Point of viewer discretion is advised. Yeah, baby. <laughs> there you go. That's a quick plug for you as well. Point of viewer available on the WQM Network as well. Heads up right. if you want to listen to that live episode. You may not want to be sober. It's a long one. Again, not a conversation we're going to have on the air. All right, let's move forward. So the idea behind this week's episode of the kickoff is usually we have our pour one out for the homer segment where we talk about our favorite teams. We both kind of, me and Brandy kind of did that a little bit already with me mentioning just Justin Zimmer and my stud performance and Randy picking the Jets for his Are You Serious picks. So that happened would have been included already by this point into the show, and there was a lot to discuss this week, but unfortunately it fell into a week where the predictions and the midseason awards happened to fall on our schedule as well. With that being said, Eric, I'm making an executive decision. I am scrapping. I've got a question for next week, and we will do an extended news desk like we did a couple of weeks ago. Fine by me. So be prepared for the return of the anchorman, Eric Watkins, next week on the show. Stay classy, W2M. This week, however, it's time for our midseason awards and our updated postseason predictions. We start with college football. And we start with the Heisman Trophy, which will be handed out after some speculation earlier this season that it might not be. A couple of different names have already been bantied about here. Myself and Eric agree on this one. I don't know where Randy stands, but I know Jason is dissident. So, Jason, we will start with you and your differing opinion. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Mac, uh, Mac Jones from Alabama, uh, who just edging started edging out uh the next person that we're or you and eric's going to be discussing um in the latest odds so yeah i mean i'm looking for uh, i'm looking for jones to take the lead because we all know that there's going to be two games missed and in a shortened season i think that that could be a death sentence in uh this heisman race I don't disagree with you, and that's one of the things that makes me worried about mine and Eric's pick because of the fact that he's losing out on what would be his marquee regular season game as number one faces number four on Saturday night on ABC. Randy, Jason's picked Matt Jones. You can probably guess which way me and Eric are leaning. Are, are you with us, or are you leaning somewhere else for your Heisman Trophy frontrunner thus far? I'm leaning somewhere else, but I have the same situation where my pick isn't going to be playing as many games as a lot of those teams, but I'm taking Justin Fields from Ohio State. Two games down, has looked absolutely fantastic. I think he continues to do so. Has the highest QBR so far in college football. So, so give me Fields to come out as a Heisman. Myself and Eric both agree. Eric, I will let you state the case first. 
for Mr. Trevor Lawrence. Well, I mean, you've already got how Clemson as a whole has performed and the fact that Trevor Lawrence himself has been putting up tremendous numbers. But in a rather unique case, you've already got one sample of how the team has done without him, not having him against Boston College, and you're really going to see, especially if they struggle against Notre Dame. I do, however, think if Notre Dame can hang on to that two spot and get a rematch with Clemson in the ACC title game, and actually if Lawrence is available there, I think he'll seal it at the finish. I will make a bold prediction, however, that worries me about this game. If what one of the panelists think is going to happen on Saturday night happens, this game was not eligible to be picked for RU Series because of the seven-point rule in college football. But if one of the panelists is correct about this, a loss ends Trevor Lawrence's hope. Completely? I think so. I think the fact that he missed the biggest game of the season for Clemson, the fact that he got himself in the position where he contracted the virus and had to miss an extended time, including the damn near loss to Boston College last week, puts Lawrence at a significant disadvantage, especially if Notre Dame pulls the upset on Saturday night. I, I can dun, dun, dun. Reverb. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. All right, Jason, you have a very interesting pick for your coach of the year thus far, one that will make the the um, co-owner of the W2M Network very happy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to Sam Pittman. I mean, I, I think that he's turned the program around. Uh Got some quality um, recruits in. That team is playing well beyond what anybody's given them credit for. And I think it's because he has coached them up and bought, had them buy into his system and his beliefs. So I think that, you know, I'm, I think Pittman is, is uh, definitely somebody that may be holding up the Coach of the Year hardware at the end of the season. I just don't think Arkansas has the horses to hang in the SEC. Okay. And but... I think as I think as the season progresses, Arkansas is going to fall further and further off the map. But you aren't the only person that shares this Pittman opinion. So, Eric, I'll let you state your case. Okay. And I'm actually going to kind of uh, provide a counterpoint to your point. Yes, they are set to potentially fall farther back in the SEC, especially in the brutal SEC West. However... When is the last time that we've even been able to mention Arkansas winning SEC games to begin with? Uh, three years ago. Exactly. You, you, you as a coach are guiding a team that ended one of the longest SEC losing streaks ever and did it in very interesting and quirky fashion. And the fact that you're not just routinely getting blown out, but you're getting more and more competitive games, even in losses. As uh, was once said on a pretty awesome cartoon show, 
Being terrible at something is the first step to being halfway decent at something. When you suck at football, you figure out why, and then you make incremental, incremental changes. Then you get less sucky. Then you get decent. And if you keep making those changes, you can be a powerhouse. Yes, it's a long ways away, but the fact that Pittman is the first coach to be able to take that first step in quite some time deserves some merit. I can't disagree. I have a bigger surprise as my leading candidate for coach of the year, and I want to see where Randy lands for his first. Yeah, give me Jamie Chadwell for Coastal Carolina. 6-0 and in the Sun Belt. Beat a couple of decent teams and, and has a great chance to go undefeated into that big game against Liberty to the end of the year. So his second year uh, with the team and has really turned them around. So I'm picking Chadwell. Hey, Eric. Yeah, aside from what? Having a shout-out to my boy Josh who played at Coastal Carolina? Long story, telegram, you know the deal. Uh, Eric. Mm-hmm. We have our group chat, right? Yes, we do. I posted the categories for the college awards, did I not? Yes, you did. Do you remember who I picked for college coach of midseason? Oh, I'm seeing these with asterisks. I'm trying to see if these are your picks or not. I picked Jamie Chadwell, Coastal Carolina. Yeah, those were your picks. Mm-hmm. Um, 6-0 for a team that's only been in the football bowl division for eight seasons. A team that... Overall, inside of the FBS is over 500, but not super over 500. And this is by far the program's best start in an FBS season. They are already guaranteed bowl eligible for what that's worth in the short season. I know the whole records are thrown out the window thing, but I guarantee you if they continue at the pace they are going, we will see Coastal Carolina in a very impressive bowl game given the fact that they've already gotten up to number 15 in the nation right now. Speaking of rankings, dun-dun-dun, Jason. Dramatic reverb. Jason, what's your uh, biggest surprise of the college football season thus far? My biggest surprise is how these uh, college football rankings are looking. Uh, I mean, if we on a normal, normal, quote-unquote normal, uh, college football season, if I told you that teams like Cincinnati, Indiana, Coastal Carolina, Marshall, SMU, and Liberty would all be in the top 25 in one giving week. Pretty sure all of us on this panel would laugh. And, you know, uh, assume that we got into Eric's uh, uh, stash. But it's 2020 and shit's going crazy. But, yes, currently all of these teams that I just mentioned are all in the top 25 uh, with the home, te- like you said, the 
the aforementioned Coastal Carolina setting at number 15. Uh, the hometown Marshall University Thundering Herd setting at number 16. My biggest surprise in this is actually Cincinnati setting at six. They're Back. not the only they're not the only group of five teams sitting inside of the top ten right now either. Uh, Brigham, Brigham Young is ninth. Yes, BYU is ninth. I, I, how overlooked BYU. Um, so yeah, I mean these college football standings, as much as I harp on them, are very, very surprising. Um, it's it's very shocking to see some of these teams getting nationally recognized um, for their efforts and their play on the field. And I know somewhere out there among the waves may or may not be listening to this podcast, there is someone we know who is hearing this and they're smiling right now. And we say unto thee, twinsies. It was your birthday present. Randy, what's your biggest surprise of the first half of the season in college football? Well, Jason touched on it a little bit, but I'm taking Cincinnati as my surprise. Not only are they, they 5-0, they are crushing teams. Only one of their five games has been within 20 points, and that was against Army, where they beat them 24-10 in their second game of the year. Just a, a really, really good team. I just kind of wish they had a little bit of harder schedule, but nothing you can really do about that. I do think that this is the year that a team running the group of five would have an opportunity to make the college football playoff, even with the shortened 14 playoff, not the expanded 18 that people were talking about. I think it's entirely possible this year. I'm personally not predicting it, but I think it's entirely possible. We'll get to our predictions a little bit later on for the CFP. Eric, what's your biggest surprise of the first half of the season in college football? Well, both of them have really touched on it because normally when you're looking at not just the play itself and how the teams perform over the season, we usually get maybe one team from the group of five trying to sneak in, getting a nice run, getting into the 20s or making a really big run every few years. And we say, oh, this could be the team. But really, that's not the case. Not only do you have Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, now you're seeing Liberty sneak in. You had some of your normal group of five stalwarts like Appalachian State, but then getting overtaken by Marshall. And I think, really, the group of five as a whole, I am very impressed. And yeah, I can see two teams to where, at the very least, sleeper picks for the playoff. But if not, it's going to be a real interesting race for that New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, Randy, to your point about Cincinnati, you mentioned the fact that their only non-three-score non game was Army. Army not playing Cincinnati this year is 6-0. and The Bearcats are their only loss on the season. Which tells you that even though it was only a 24-10 to 10 game, it was still a quality opponent that the Bearcats beat there. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that game was in West Point as well. I do believe it was. 
my biggest surprise of the first half of the college football season has been the overall quality of playing college football. Randy is shaking his head no at me. Apparently, the game was in Cincinnati. No, it was Cincinnati. Okay, well, either way, it's still a 6-0 team otherwise. So, impressive all the same. I'm going to go with the overall quality of play. I don't think there's been that big of a drop-off as much as maybe people thought that there might be this season. I, I think that coaches are adjusting protocols, unless you're Wisconsin and you're fucking away the Big Ten West. Congratulations, you dumbass Badgers. You may have cost yourself a championship. I'm going to have to adjust my Big Ten prediction at this point, sons of bitches. Yep. But, but instead, what I'm going to say is Overall, though, I think coaches have done an excellent job of being able to get their teams to buy into the systems and avoid the things that they need to avoid in order to keep mass breakouts from happening in multiple locations. Yeah, we've had our share of games canceled and postponed each week. It happens. But at the same time, I don't think it's as bad as maybe a lot of people thought it was going to be. And the quality of play on the field has felt like a traditional college football season, which is, I think, the best thing I can say about this season. All right, Jason. If only it was that from the very, 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 very get-go, maybe. All right, Jason, what's your biggest disappointment about the season midway through? Uh, My biggest disappointment is the Big Ten um, and how they handled everything with the consistently will they or won't they seasons off, seasons on. Uh, so I, I think that is my biggest uh, disappointment because I think that um, they played the whole want to be last to the dance and still get the recognition uh, that some people think they deserve. Uh, it kind of made me feel that they, they went into this as an entitled conference. Uh, so I, I think it's the, the handling of everything uh, by the Big Ten has to be my biggest disappointment because you have kids that legitimately have Sunday afternoon talent that was going to be taken uh, away from them and they're not, they wasn't going to be able to be on display uh, since they did announce everything, I think they've handled it a lot better. But just the initial handling of everything was was my biggest disappointment up to up to this uh, time period. Well, that kind of ties into the dis- another team specifically in the Big Ten that's been disappointing this year, and that's Penn State. The Nittany Lions are off to an 0-2 start, and when it was announced that the uh, when it was announced that the Big Ten wasn't playing, one of those Sunday talents that you mentioned, Micah Parsons, who is a linebacker for Penn State and widely considered to be the best linebacker prospect in the NFL draft class this year, decided that he wasn't going to play at all. And then once the Big Ten announced that they were going to resume the season, Micah Parsons decided to announce that he still wasn't going to play at all because of all the will they, won't they, is this going to be an opportunity to compete for a national title? And we've seen what's happened to Penn State there, right, Randy? Yeah, absolutely, and that's my disappointment too. Is Penn State their their game with Indiana just showed that they didn't come into the season ready to go. And then, of course, losing to Ohio State, you can't really blame them too much because I think Ohio State's really good. 
But when's the last time Penn State started 0 and 2? Usually there's a regular season cupcake there, so it's it's it has to have been at least 10 years, if not more, probably more. I'm sure Eric can find the specific stat. Looking that up. While Eric is looking that up, um, I know that he's actually going to be touching on a Big Ten team as well. So mine's kind of more of a generality than it is uh, any one particular team or conference. And it had something to do with what Jason said. Uh, the conferences that went through that will-they-won't-they they bullshit throughout the early part of the season. So this goes to the Big Ten, the Mountain West, the Mid-American, the Pac-12, and any other conferences that is getting its season started in fucking November. Or the tail end of October, when other teams have been played, have played four or five, and in some cases six games already. Yeah, marquee programs involved in here, sure. Big name programs involved here, sure. Yes, um, we'll talk about the Pac-12 here in a little bit because I actually might surprise some people with one of my predictions. But overall. I think that those teams and those conferences should have done themselves a disservice. And it puts conferences such as the American Athletic and Conference USA at a disadvantage because they've been playing this entire time, beating each other up, while these other conferences are only playing six, seven, eight games and have an opportunity to stay fresh and have more opportunities to have the better records at the end of the season. Eric, did you find the number? 2012. I figured it was about 10 years ago, so eight years doesn't surprise me. Yeah, um, Virginia the big and, 10 years. I am. Virginia and Ohio were the first two losses that year. Oof. That American loss. Ouch. <laughs> Virginia lost, I can accept. That's an ACC school. But they lost to a team in the mid-American. Yeah, that probably in Happy Valley, no less. I believe it was. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, not surprising. It's, we're not going to fucking Athens, Ohio. All right, uh, Eric. That would have been a fun drive for me. All right, Eric. You're staying in the Big Ten as well. Uh, Jason went Big Ten in general. Randy went Big Ten specific with Penn State. I talked about this team a little earlier tonight. And... They are my disappointment, if you couldn't tell from earlier. It's Michigan. Yes, I know that they were, they've been pretty much set up for mediocrity the last several years since Harbaugh's gotten there, but I would have thought that building upon their a little bit more than mediocre success last year, with the compacted conference schedule, that Michigan would be more all-in, have things solidified, and really make it a two-horse race with Ohio State or even a three-horse race along with Penn State for the Big Ten East title. And Sparty came in and said, nope, nope, we're going to be on the path to getting the man fired. There's some ways I get it, but there's other ways that I don't because you would have thought that with what Harbaugh did with UC San Diego and Stanford and with the Niners, it has not translated, and I don't think it's going to.
Jason, buy or sell Harbaugh's gone at the end of the year. Oh, I'd, I'd lay uh, a cool $100, take those odds. Uh, I think he's out. Uh, I think he's out before the end of the year. Our compulsive gambler, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Randy, buy or sell that Harbaugh's gone at the end of the season for Michigan. Buy and watch him end up being the next coach of the New York Jets. <laughs> I mean, he did okay in the NFL with the Niners. Granted, the Niners had, you know, talent. But yeah, but still. again, even the Niners turned to hate him. And they're a well-run organization. You really think he will be able to get along that well with the people in the front office of the Jets? No. Eric, buy or sell that Harbaugh's gone by the end of the year. Or at the end of the year. I think. They'll try to at least keep him on because they're not really the kind of fire a coach mid-season. But I think after all this, and then when they get waxed by Ohio State, that's going to be the death knell. He'll be done. I will say this. You just touched on it. It goes back to what I said earlier. If they can miraculously beat Ohio State, it will save Harbaugh's job. If they lose to Ohio State. Harbaugh gets fired. I don't think 2020 has enough energy left in it after everything that's going on to make that happen. Come on now. See, you say that, but shittier things have happened. All right, so that takes us to our final prediction for college football here. Randy, we'll start with you. I need your final four and your national champion. Oh, jeez. Let's go chalk a little bit. Go Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Let's throw Cincinnati in there for fun. And I think Ohio, and I think Ohio State wins the national championship. Eric. Mm. CFP four and your national champion. I'm going to agree with Randy on the first three definitely. Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. Do I really want to go bold with my sleeper pick at four? You know what to, you know what the hell with it? I will. Coastal Carolina and We'll have to deal with another year of Bama as they are my national champions. All right. We we teased it earlier, Jason. Dun, dun, dun. Radic Reverb. My final four is going to blow minds. Um... My final four is going to be Ohio State, Notre Dame, Georgia, and Texas A&M with your national champion being Notre Dame. Eric, I think you've gotten into your edibles. You do know those are like 30 and 50 milligrams, right? I'm telling you. Um... It's 2020. Shit. Shit's crazy. I think that that's... I think that... uh, I think Clemson 
loses this weekend uh, and starts a spiral uh, that they don't recover from. They start, they take this loss, they struggle. Alabama, I think, gets edged out by Georgia. Ohio State, I, I mean, they've looked very impressive. Uh, Notre Dame gets that uh, um, that solidifying win that elevates them to that next level. And uh, A&M, I, I think, the reason I, I wanted to go Cincinnati, but the reason I took A&M over Cincinnati is because if A&M uh, can run the rest of the season, their quality wins would would edge out Cincinnati uh, because you do have you do have a, a a little bit tougher schedule in the Big 12 than you would that Cincinnati would face, and I think that that's the only reason that they would uh, leapfrog Cincinnati in that aspect. Uh, first of all, Georgia's losing this Saturday. Yeah, that's not happening. Get, second, come, on, come on, Robert Taylor. Get your homerism out of the way. Second of all, doesn't A&M still have to play Bama? Uh, I don't know. Do they play Bama? I'm not sure if they play Bama or, or not. The yeah, SEC West. Be, yeah so, because yeah. they're in the SEC West. Both yeah. are in the SEC. West, so they have to play. So that's another loss for A and M. That's two. They're done. No. The Notre Dame one is the one that I knew would blow people's minds. So that's why I saved you. Yeah, uh, I, I I like that Notre Dame pick because uh, I I think that the, the win the win over the win over uh over the the um. Over Clemson, and I misspoke. I put uh, for some reason I put I was talking about Texas A&M in the Big Twelve for some reason. I'm about to um, say that that's med- like medication medication's kicking in. I'm a little I'm a little sleepy, uh, so I, I, my mind re- resorted back to the the old uh, Big Twelve alignment before that they left for the SEC. Uh, so yeah, I mean. I think that I just I just have a hunch. Uh, I love the Notre Dame pick. I mean, I, I might go ahead and throw fifty dollars on Notre Dame to win the national title just for shits and giggles here in a little bit. I wonder what that would pay out. So Probably in the realm, conversate amongst yourselves. While a lot of some compulsive gambler checks that, I will give you guys my final four. And it physically pains me to say this. But I'm going Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and here's my surprise. You ready, Eric? Go on. Oregon runs the table in the Pac-12. Okay, again, Harry, 30 milligrams, not 10. They are 30 milligrams. Why do I have to warn you people? Uh, Just so you guys know. Uh, that's $1,500 payout. They're 30 to 1? Yes. Well, it's a wasted 50 bucks is what it is. But well, I shit, I'm wasting, I'm wasting fucking 50 bucks a weekend anyway. I mean, to be that's fair, it. the man did pay more than twice that for a Christmas tree, but we're not even talking about that right now. I mean, 
not. I'm, I'm, I might not even be here for Christmas. Uh, Ohio State's your national champion, beating Clemson in the final. Bro, you just gonna no sell what he just said? I'm moving on because we're not putting that juju out there. We're not putting that Juju Schuster Smith out there, okay? Juju Smith Schuster, right. put some respect on his name. I still uh, remember when he tore down. Who did you take, Harry? I took Ohio State over Clemson in the final. Okay, Ohio State's plus 200. And what is Bama, about plus 500? Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, plus 200. Okay. Georgia's, Georgia's the next one. Uh, on the odds at plus two thousand, <laughs> uh, Florida's at twenty five hundred. Notre Dame three thousand. Florida could still bounce back because the only loss is to Texas A and M, and that's BYU, not a bad. BYU, Cincinnati, Wisconsin eight eight thousand. Man, I don't even want to know Miami's odds at this point. If we're that far, so they're not even live. Wisconsin's not even going to end up eligible after they have to forfeit a third Big Ten game here next weekend. All right, let's move on. There's your college football wrap-up for your midseason awards and predictions going forward. We now move over to the National Football League, and we start with our MVP, and this one may be unanimous based on his play this year. Mm-hmm. I know Jason's pick. I know my pick. I know Eric's pick, and it's all the same. Randy, do you agree with the group consensus? Who's your MVP pick? As long as you all said Russell Wilson, I agree with you. We all said Russell Wilson. Not surprised. And I, I, I have an honorable mention there uh, due to um, I want to show him a little love because, I mean, same division. So I'm going to go honorable mention with Kyler Murray. Same I think Murray's impressive so far, but I have a prediction that's probably going to upset some people a little bit later on in the show. Personally, with me, I look at Kyler Murray and I see he's going to potentially be, if all goes well, in about five years, close to what Russell Wilson is now. Not entirely there, but he's basically going to be the next guy in that template. I think the big thing is going to be what happens with Kyler once Larry Fitzgerald falls in a career. This, yes, Fitz isn't the receiver that he used to be, but having a veteran presence like, like Larry around to help Kyler Murley in his progression is doing nothing but benefiting Kyler. Nope. Once he that, then it'll be curious. See, I don't think Hopkins is as good of a presence as, as Fitzgerald is. Hopkins is a better player. Fitzgerald's a better leader. Well, that's true, but I think if anything, I kind of more see Kyler being able to step into that role gradually himself. There is going to be a void, but I don't think it's going to be that long of a term void. Jason, who's your head coach of the year so far? Uh I, I'm going to have to, I mean, I, I know this pains me and I puke in my mouth saying it, uh, giving this team any kind of credit, but I'm going to Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. I mean, only undefeated team in the NFL. 
Um, they've won some squeakers. Uh, they've had to, you know, show out uh, to pull off some wins. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, at, my, at the midseason mark, uh, my vote's going to go for uh, Mike Tomlin. Eric? I'm actually going to go on a different kind of path here. I'm going to go Ryan Flores in Miami. Now, I know they had a strong second half of the season last year, but to keep the momentum the way that they've done this season, not only still positioning themselves to be in a playoff position after switching to Tua, but, and this is going to be a bit of a throwback, putting the Dolphins in a position to push the Bills for the AFC East. I mean, think about that sentence in of itself. Man, I, I just feel like this is a, uh, or my return is a reverb. <laughs> Um, Eric, mm-hmm. go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's for later. Uh, you going to fuck your, oh, yikes. Family show, sir. <laughs> You're the one who said it. I mean. Uh, all right. Um, you know what? I'm not putting my homerism away. When the streak ends. And the Bills are crowned the 2020 AFC East winners. Sean McDermott is your coach of the year. Mostly because I don't think the Steelers are the defeated streak is going to last a whole lot longer. Their schedule sucks coming forward. Randy? I'm taking Cliff Kingsbury. And we already talked about Kyler Murray. Arizona's been fantastic. Toughest division in the league. They're second. Just one game behind Seattle, who they beat. It's been a, a fantastic run. I think he deserves credit. All right. Next category up is comeback player of the year, and I do believe this one is unanimous as well. We talked about this in our season preview. He hasn't had the greatest performance being back on the field for when he was. But the mere fact that Alex Smith played professional football again after what happened to him two seasons ago, Alex Smith is your comeback player of the year. And survived Aaron Donald, no less. I thought it was going to be my return to the kickoff. Quit putting yourself over. I have to. None of you three will. Damn right. Randy, you're did, shaking your head. Did you no, not I'm actually not, I'm not taking Alex Smith. It's a great story, and we all talked about it. I'm surprised he went out there. Obviously, it was way too soon, as he hasn't seen the field since, and I, I, it was very scary to see. But I believe this is who I took in the preseason. I'm sticking to it. I'm taking Big Ben. Uh, that's that's an honorable pick. I, I could see that. You guys, gave me, that. you guys gave me shit about my pick in the preseason if it wasn't Alex Smith, and do you guys remember who that was? I know mine was J.J. Watt. I can't mine, remember who yours was. My, my honorable mention, because I did say if Alex Smith plays, then it goes to Alex Smith. But my honorable mention was Old Man Rivers. And as yeah, of right now, of and as of right now, the Indianapolis Colts are a playoff team. Yeah, and it's not because of Phillip Rivers. <laughs> 
It's because of the shitty division. You have well, one solid team in that division. I and mean, they're falling and, apart. I mean, and the defense. The defense is pretty good, too. Yeah, the defense. Uh, yeah, when your defense stops people, your offense doesn't have to perform as well. Ask, ask the Ravens when they beat the Giants in the Super Bowl. I mean, they did just put up 41 this past weekend, though, for Indianapolis. Granted, it was against the Lions, but still, 41 is 41. Don't look at me like that, Randy. No, I'm, I'm just looking at these standings. Do you realize that your Buffalo Bills are 6-2 and two and they have a negative net point total? Yes, I am aware because we got our asses handed to us by Tennessee. I just saw that and was really shocked. Yeah, we've been winning close games. We lost a blowout. Because we lost to Tennessee by 26. That's also why you don't you shouldn't listen to my radio show this week. <laughs> so, we, uh, so, so we shouldn't listen to the R&R Sports Report? Well, it was the R Sports Report this week. It was, it was, I was solo. But it is archived on the R&R Sports Report Facebook page now. On KLCZ.com right, as well, if people want to listen live. If you want to watch it live there or live on Facebook. Whichever way you would or, like to do it. Or if you happen to be in the Lewiston or Clarkston area on 88.9 FM. Yes, sir. Hopefully Robert Hagen's back next week to carry your ass. Uh, unfortunately not. I have to do it again next week. He is in uh, close contact with another teacher for COVID, so the entire school is shut down for two weeks. As their junior high and high school had... What did they say today? 240 students out today. Not obviously with COVID, just with close contact and other illnesses and just being gone. But they had 240 students that missed school today. So basically what he's saying, Jason, is he might die before you do. I doubt it. And what he's also saying is that there's going to be a segment on five-pin bowling on next week's show. I'm in for that. <laughs> we we might have to in two weeks because the PBA finishes up their season this Sunday. So uh, we, after I, we talk about that, we might have to talk about five pin bowling. I I feel like you should bring me and Eric on to guest co-host this week. Would be too afraid of that. I, I I'm doing well in college and I don't need to be kicked out. Look, I don't know what the problem is. I go five hours of working clean. I don't on this show. I decide that I can be sober 90% of the time. I don't get it. What is the problem? What is the deal? What's the deal about podcasts? Sorry, had a moment. I'm good. Uh, Jason, who's your rookie of the year so far? I'm going with uh, the, the standout rookie quarterback that I predicted would be the best quarterback in this draft class, and that's Justin Herbert. I think Herbert has been good, but I think Herbert is hurt by expectations. The Chargers were supposed to be better than what they are overall as a team. Cincinnati was supposed to be god-fucking-awful this year, and they're three and four. Yeah, I'm taking Joe Burrow. Yeah, but here's the thing. The Chargers were supposed to have Terod Taylor as their quarterback. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Even if he doesn't win games, he'll manage them for you. He's not going to lose. 
He, he's the classic Alex Smith. To be fair, both the Bengals and the Chargers are two and five. The Bengals happen to be two, five, and one, but they're both two and five. But that still means he has a better record than Justin Herbert does. Give me Joe Burrow. Eric? I give me Justin Herbert. That kid is the truth. And I'm saying this as living with Mama Watkins, who consistently roots for Joe Burrow, even when she's playing teams that either I am a fan of or I pick. But we ain't even talking about that either right now. Yeah, I, I said earlier that the, the, the Colts are doing well despite Philip Rivers. I think the Chargers are sucking despite Justin Herbert. I, w- I am surprised at how well he is playing so far. I'm Mostly I'm surprised that he's playing now. I mean, we, we talk about the freak incident that happened to Tyrod Taylor, that poor guy, anyways. But I, I had Joe Burrow at the beginning of the season, but I think Herbert's been playing better. Very well. All right, I know I had one more for the NFL that was specific. Oh, defensive player of the year so far. Jason? I didn't see a defensive player of the year in the, in this it was, discussion. It was um it was a secondary post after the original six were posted. Uh, yeah, fuck, I don't know. All right, well, while he figures that out, Eric? I, I'm, I'm going to say the defensive player is going to be... Uh, let's see here. I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take some random person. Uh, the I'm gonna take Khalil Mack. Hell, I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking through and we'll, I don't we'll go, see we'll defensive player either. Yeah, I I, I oh. didn't see it. Oh, of course he does. He attaches it right there, Mister. Need one more. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the idea was for you guys to give me an ace category so we didn't have an odd number, but fuck it. Randy, do you have a defense? I know I told you. Well, if we cancel, if we take defensive player of the year off, we don't have an odd number. Fuck it. Just answer the question, Randy. (laughs) I kind of want to take Antoine Winfield Jr. for that great defensive play on Monday night to stop the two-point conversion. But now I, I oh, think I'm gonna pick. You see, you see, you didn't add defensive player of the year, and that doesn't happen. Look at what you've done, Broadhurst. Look at what you have done. And we I, was getting along so well <laughs> on my first show back. To. I had to. And I was going to take Adam Gase as my my coach of the year. <laughs> you you still can't. Why don't you bet on that? Well, I mean, the, the odds I mean, have to be ridiculous. I mean, if he, I mean, if he continues to do what he does, and they get Trevor Lawrence, I mean, that's coach of the year worthy. Did you speaking of the Jets? I'll, I'll get to my actual defensive player of the year in a second. But did you see that Joe Douglas, the GM for the Jets, came out and said that Adam Gase is part of their plan? What he forgot to put was to go zero and sixteen and get the number one pick. But my defensive player of the year is the one I believe I took in the preseason. I'll stick with it. I'm I'm going to say DJ Watt. Been fantastic for that Steelers defense. Um, having seen firsthand the havoc he can create and continues to create on a week in, week out basis, my defensive player of the year so far is Aaron Donald. I wouldn't say Donald because he could he could have ended Alex Smith's career and he didn't. Pussy. 
and I mean, again, I, I, I'm also on Jason's side. How can you not go with Khalil Mack? I mean, you see that, you hear the song Return of the Mac in your head whenever he makes a play. It just makes sense. And I may or may not be biased because I have him on a couple of my fantasy teams, but we're not talking about that right now. I have him as one of my IDPs in one of the leagues. I mean, I know Randy hates the IDP. Yes, I do too because IDPs suck. It's just pointless positions, and it just makes your draft twice as long, and they're just people that I just never look at. So Exactly. Well, we, only, we only do a single IDP, though. It's not like we are drafting yeah. a full team. I mean, that's slightly no. better, but it would just mean more mistakes for me. I mean, I'm the guy that, I mean, I, I think Jason would agree I made the right choice beforehand, but I started the Chiefs defense against my Jets last week oh. instead of the Dolphins, which cost me my fantasy matchup because who would have thought that the Dolphins versus the Rams were going to score 20 more points than the Chiefs versus the Jets. And see, if you're like me, who have got multiple teams with multiple IDPs, you get the best of both worlds. And you end up with a Dolphins linebacker who scores you about 20 points. So, there's that. Uh, Randy, you're a Jets and a Knicks fan. Your history of bad decisions is well documented at this point. Thank you for for reading my Facebook post yesterday. You're welcome. All right, Eric, who's your IDP? Or who's your uh, defensive player of the year? I said it, Khalil Mack. Okay, thank you. Going off the fucking rails. All right. I'm surprised we held on this long. Where we're going, we don't need no goddamn rails. Oh, we'll need rails, just not the kind you're thinking about. Giggity. Family show. All right, uh, Jason, who's your biggest surprise this year in the NFL thus far? Uh, my biggest surprise, I, I, I took a, um, I took a division that I, I was to, that, I, that I, I was told not to take. So, um, I, and I had this. We was talking about this earlier, and I had a really good thing here, and I totally forgot what the fuck I was going to say. So I'm going to make this up on the fly. So my biggest surprise in the NFL is, is the is definitely no. I know what it was. I know exactly what it was. Uh, Randy actually alluded to this, and God damn it, I got a fucking. I really hope he doesn't listen to this damn damn podcast because I'll never hear the fucking end of it. Uh, I'm going to say my biggest surprise is the Chiefs defense. I've uh, in our chats, I've said that they're uh, very quietly top five defense in the NFL, and I stand behind that because, I mean, they make the plays when needed. They're a bend but don't. They're really a bend but don't break defense. Uh, so I'm going to say the Chiefs' defense is probably my biggest surprise, uh, even though that I've been I've been singing their praises for two seasons now. Eric, who's your biggest surprise for the first half of the season? Even though I picked them to do quite well and have them in a wild card spot, with their going way over the top and being the last undefeated team, my surprise is Pittsburgh. Because I knew Big Ben was going to be not quite his old self, but close to it. He's even surpassed those expectations. The defense is starting to look more and more like the steel curtain of old, and 
I gotta give kudos to him. Randy. Well, I still don't believe in this team. My surprise is the Chicago Bears. Sitting at 5-3 and three with a chance to win the division. With Minnesota completely falling off the map. I, I asked, we, we said Robert Taylor already a, a few times in this show, but I asked him on Sunday when they went to overtime with the Saints, that I, I asked him, if, if the Bears win this game, are they the worst 6-2 and two team of all time? And they might have been. But they ended up losing that game. I don't know. I mean, if you're talking about worst six and two teams of all time, there was a year Detroit was six and two. Uh, I I just I don't trust the Bears team. I'm just surprised they're still in it. Is it wrong that I was waiting for Eric to take a shot at my Bills, given the fact that we're currently six and two? Yeah, but you're at least I don't care about the minus one point difference. You're a legitimate six and two. I figured you would be six and two. Yeah, Again, Harry, 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 don't listen to the radio show. <laughs> did are are we out of your power rankings? Is that what happened? Uh, I did a AFC first half uh, review because I needed to fill time, and I, I was not kind to your Buffalo Bills. Yeah, well, in fairness, scoreboard biatch. Of course, he's not going to be kind to your Bills. How can an zero and eight team fan be kind to anybody? Yeah, you took an 0-8 team, you beat them twice by a total of 18 points. Okay, but in fairness, that 0-8 team should have a different coach already. No. <laughs> Keep the coach, go 0-16. All right, Stop anyway. messing with the game plan. So, we're kind. it's kind of appropriate we're talking about the AFC East right now because that's actually where my biggest surprise lands. My biggest surprise thus far in the season is the Miami Dolphins. Um, I know, and I'm, I'm about to throw a little bit of salt in some wounds myself now, Randy, but there was a bet as far as which team would end up worse, either Miami or the Jets. And the Jets are 0-8, and Miami is looking at a potential playoff spot. Yeah, I've already got that money set aside. I'm just so, waiting for Robert to pick the video game. Get him to pick now while you can uh, get them on sale. Yes, Black Friday deals. Looking no, that's today. absolutely not what he's doing. He's going to wait for the PS5 to finally come out and for ours to get ours, and he's going to pick a game for 70 bucks. I, I know it's how it's going to work. He's just waiting for the right game. But to the point that while I, I do think that starting Tago Vailoa over Fitzpatrick is a mistake, especially when you are in the thick of things in the AFC playoff race, it is impressive that the Dolphins have been able to hang around as much as they have thus far. It is impressive that the Dolphins are hitting the halfway point of the NFL season, and they are over 500 at 4-3. and three. Well, I mean, to be fair, the Giants were 5-3 and three when they turned to Eli Manning, so... All right, so let me see real quick here. Um, Eric. Yes. Do me a favor. Yes. Okay. Found out what's going on. He, he's on his way back. All right. We don't need to pause. We can continue going until he comes back. We will move say, forward. Of all times for him to have issues when I give Eli Manning a compliment, that's a sign from the football gods. 
Yeah, we've learned we we've hopefully learned our lesson about pissing them off this year. I mean, we haven't, but hopefully we have. All right. So while Jason's reconnecting, let's go ahead and get into our biggest disappointments of the first half of the year. And the reason I said Jason couldn't pick the entirety of the AFC of the NFC East because it's entirely possible that every single one of us would want to pick a single team from the NFC East. I am not picking a team from the NFC East, however. I am going to go with the Atlanta Falcons as my most disappointing team of the first half of the season. Because this is a team that I thought this is a team that I thought was going to be a playoff team this year and a team that I thought was going to compete in the NF, in the NFC South. And they sit now at uh, 3 and 4, I believe. I want to say it's three and four. It might be three and five. Wait, who are you? Did you say Atlanta? The Falcons, yes. They're two and six. Oh, they're two and six. That makes it even more to my point with them being two and six. This is a team that has so much talent that there is no excusable reason for them to be this bad. They've already fired their coach. They're probably going to fire a second coach at season's end. And odds are... Matt Ryan's probably thinking about calling it a career rather than hanging around with this front office staff. The Falcons are done. And I apologize for picking them as a playoff team in our preseason prediction. You should have known better. I tried warning you. All right, Randy, who you got? The sad thing is I also wrote down the NFC East. So I'll just take the Cowboys because... I think a lot of people were picking them to win the division. I had Philadelphia, but I had the Cowboys as a playoff team, and I, I apologize for that. Even before Dak Prescott went down, this team just did not look right. Ezekiel Elliott's just been terrible. Defense has not been good. So I'll, I'll say the Cowboys. All right, Eric, you're up. I actually, as much as I was going to lean NFC East, I'm looking at Minnesota, especially defensively. Yeah, I knew Kirk Cousins was likely to shit the bed multiple times this year, but I thought even then they would have some level of respectability. Sitting in the NFC North cellar at 2-5, and five, and they're potentially going to have some questions about their own head coach as well, I expected better. Not a lot better, but better. Okay, so I have a slight problem as well, if we could um, pause for a quick second here. Uh, apologies for the technical issues right there. We are back at you there, Jason's back. Jason, who's your biggest disappointment of the first half of the season? Um, my pick for disappointment uh, the first half is the Dallas Cowboys uh, for catching the bad breaks that they did. Uh, uh, Our executive producers asleep at the wheel over there. No, because I was even I was thinking literally at this case that was a more groan than rim shot, even from a Giants fan. And to think. Your internet cut out as I was giving your team a compliment from earlier. Uh, uh, I say lies. No, because we were talking about, Harry was talking about how the Dolphins, biggest surprise, and their switch to Tua, 
yada, yada, yada. And I was like, well, you got to remember, the Giants were 5-3 and three when they went to Eli Manning. Uh, you and Randy achieved football brain, by the way, because he picked Dallas as well. Well, I was, I was trying to avoid that. Something we heard. Not letting him know. Please, there's something we, uh, we're getting back to our stitch. Yeah, football, you guys are fine. Uh, you can turn your <laughs> camera off, Jason, if it'll help your data, because you're frozen anyway. Um, I don't know if it'll help my data or what. It, it, it might, because it's definitely easier on mobile data just transmitting and receiving audio. The video takes up a little bit more bandwidth. That's what I was thinking, too. And we're nearing the end of the show, so he really doesn't need to worry about having the video on right now. Because actually, we're up to the last thing that we need to do here. And that is our updated playoff predictions. Top seven for each conference make it. Jason, start with the AFC. Uh, And I'll go in order uh, because, Harry, I sent this to you earlier. I think the one, two seeds go. Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Buffalo at the three, Tennessee at the four, and rounding everything out. Uh, and like I said, this goes and adds to the um, foreshadowing of my return. Uh, I'm going with the Ravens, Houston, and the last team to grab a playoff spot is the Miami Dolphins. Wait. Could you uh, say that last bit one more, Dan? He said the last team that he's picking is Miami. Maybe Houston, he thinks Houston makes a run in the second half? Yes. I mean, they are one in six, so not likely, but hey, stranger things have happened. They have the talent. Yeah, I think, I, I, like I said, I'm going out on a limb. Uh, like I said, if, if I didn't make some outlandish crazy pick, then it wouldn't be me. What about in the NFC, Jason? Uh, the NFC, I, I have a little bit of a different landscape. Um, I go to, I'm actually taking three teams from the NFC West, and I'll rank them here shortly. Uh, but I'm going to go with your number one team uh, is going to be your your Seattle Seahawks uh, taking the number one. Number two, I'm going with the Packers, uh, surprisingly, followed by the Saints, and I'm going to go homer here. Uh, I think that Monday night turned the corner for us, and I think we're going to actually, the Giants are actually going to take the division, the NFC least, um, with the uh, Rams and Cardinals finishing out uh, the playoffs. Uh, you're short a team there, buddy. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm trying to figure out who else I put in there. Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay is the other one. Uh, yeah, I see. I got, I got them. I got Tampa Bay as the sixth seed. No, the seventh seed. I got Tampa Bay as seven. Yeah, because I got Seattle, I got the Cardinals at six, Tampa Bay, and then the Rams. I know I was like, I know that I've got another team in there. I know they're from the East. 
Uh, I will take this opportunity to point out that his prediction to win the NFC uh, NFC least is currently dead last in the conference. Yeah, but I mean, they're two games out of the first place. Um, wasn't one of those losses to Philadelphia? Yes, and we play Philadelphia again. Okay, but you've already lost to Philadelphia once, so technically you're like three and a half games out of first place. Yeah, but but we we can we can come back. <laughs> Optimism, thy name is Jason. Eric, start in the AFC. All right. I see the Chiefs hanging on to the one seed and getting that precious bye. Uh, Steelers two, Bills three. I see the Colts overtaking the Titans for the four. Ravens at the five, Titans at the six, and... It's going to be a three-horse race between the Dolphins, Raiders, and Browns. I think I'm going to have the Raiders sneaking in at seven. And the NFC. Again, Seahawks one and getting at bye. Bucks at two. Packers three. At six, nine, and one. The Eagles at the four, and I will go Rams, Saints, Cardinals. Randy, AFC. All right, give me Pittsburgh one, Kansas City two, Titans three, Bills four. Wild cards would be the Ravens, the Raiders, and the Dolphins. NFC. My NFC, I got Tampa Bay 1, Seattle 2, Green Bay 3, and the Eagles at 4. With wild card teams as the Cardinals, the Saints, and the Rams. All right, Harry. Turnabout is fair play. Starting the AFC. Uh, Kansas City 1, Baltimore 2. I think the Ravens overtake the Steelers. Uh, Buffalo 3, Indianapolis 4. Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Cleveland as 5, 6, and 7. And then NFC. in the in the NFC, thank you. I was waiting for Eric, but thank you, Randy. In the NFC, I'm going to go New Orleans, Seattle, Green Bay, Philly, Tampa Bay, Arizona, Chicago. I think the Bears just sneak in over the Rams. Mm. Mm. Especially if the Rams keep playing like they did against Miami. I don't think they will, though. Like I say, it, it, this uh, Bears-Titans game 
it's going to see which of those two are more fraudulent. That's that's a fair assessment. I agree with that. Uh, that's a one o'clock game, right? Bears and Titans. Yes. Okay, so we'll be interesting to see what. Well, I mean, both teams are in the central time zone, so it'll be interesting to see how it's handled with a new, with what basically amounts to a noon kickoff. Tennessee isn't in the central time zone. Pretty sure Nashville's central time zone. It's it's, it's Eastern. Well, while Eric looks that up, Jason, Super Bowl prediction: Who's your Super Bowl champions? I stand corrected. I always thought they were the Eastern time zone. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Central Time Zone. Uh, my Super Bowl, hmm, I'm gonna go with Seattle and Kansas City, with Seattle winning, winning the Super Bowl. I, I think that Wilson gets gets a ring over Mahomes. Eric, Eric Super Bowl winner. Seattle beating Pittsburgh. So we throw it back to a decade ago? Oh, longer than that. Super Bowl 40. 40 or 41? 40. Because that was the one in Detroit right after the one in Jacksonville. The bus stopped there. 41 was... Again, while Eric looks that up, Randy, Super Bowl and winner. I'm not changing my Super Bowl pick. I took the Ravens over the Packers in the preseason. They're both playing well enough. I think they can get there. I'm going to keep it the same. I'm going to stand by the prediction I made in the preseason as well. Uh, It'll be New Orleans over Baltimore. Yep, and I was right. Super Bowl 41, that was when the Colts beat the Bears. Super Bowl 40 was the Steelers beating Seahawks. Oh, I do believe that officially wraps us up for our midseason awards and preview for the second half. Overall, so far, it's been a much more entertaining season than we expected. A much more interesting season than we probably anticipated as well, specifically with all of the injuries that have affected basically every single team in some way, shape, form, or fashion. But the one thing that you can count on, even in this crazy-ass 2020 season, is that the kickoff will be here to break down the rest of the season here for you, as we are a presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. Dot com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast services, such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox, and many more. Hey, Eric, guess what? Spotify is here. Jason, who's your dick of the year thus far? Had to come off the mute. My dick of the year thus far is Robert Taylor, just because I fucking hate him. That's that's fair. Randy, who's your dick of the year? I promise to be nice. I'm not going to say mine. Nope. Say it. It's it's, it's the the Twitter monster, Mr. Donald Trump. Eric, who's your dick of the year? Dramatic reverb. 
That one didn't need it. He's your dick of the year. Mark Lamping, obviously, because that man still has a job and my franchise is going to be fucked until he finally leaves. My dick of the year are the Tennessee Titans because those motherfuckers intentionally got COVID to avoid playing the Bills when they were supposed to. Pricks. <laughs> I popped Radius Bell with that one. I saw you laughing, Reed. That was good. No sincerity, though. Um, I, hey, despite the rather lopsided loss to Tennessee, I'll take six and two so far. I can't complain. And we are on pace to end the tyranny that has been the Patriots in the AFC East. So here's hoping it holds up the way that it has in the first half of the season thus far. And the Jets are only six games back. With eight to play. So you're <laughs> saying there's a chance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. That's what I'm saying. As much of a chance as, as Jason winning money on his Adam Gase as the coach of the year pick. Speaking of which, Jason, where can people find you online? They can't. I said, fuck it. Can't find me. Incognito. At W2M chairman, if you're wondering. There's also a personal account, but he, he'll probably eeyore you into go fucking yourself. Why bother? You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> I popped Eric with that one. <laughs> Randy, where can people find you online? You can find me at Randy Isbell. You can find me at chapter underscore select for my video game podcast. You can find me at R&R Sports Report on Facebook. Uh, that is Tuesday, 6 to 8 Pacific Time on klcz.com or the R&R Sports Report on Facebook. Or, again, as Harry likes to, to mention, if you are living in the, the Lewis and Clarkston area, 88.9 FM. Well, I mean, he only mentions it so that way I won't have to. And, yes, 6 to 8 Pacific, 7 to 9 Mountain, 9 to 11 Eastern. Four to six Hawaiian. Nine to 11 on the only coast that matters. <laughs> I just saw Randy go, ooh. Eric, where can people find you online? You can find me at Squid Sportshead on Twitter. I can't promise I'm going to be live tweeting much because outside of football, which I usually don't anyways, there's a little bit of a doldrums, but with me, you never know. And if you don't want to deal with those live tweets or any others, you can find me on Facebook. Look me up under Eric Watkins. You know the drill. Guy, recliner, wine, yada, yada, yada. And if you're looking for that something special instead, you can get me on Twitter, slide in my DMs, undergo my strict and thorough vetting process, and you'll gain access to my Telegram, my dark Twitter, my Snapchat, maybe my WhatsApp, a couple of others. And as always, this vlog brought to you by the fine folks at Rick's TNT LLC. Website, commercial, and notary public services coming soon. At ATV the Eagle on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and pretty much anywhere else major social media related. Except Snapchat. Ain't got time for that. Yet. But otherwise, um, 
Don't forget to check out uh, Eric Watkins and Christopher Eric Bernard on a very special edition of Point of Viewer. If you are interested in the political spectrum, I stay out of it for the same reason that Tim Ryan should stay the fuck away from professional wrestling because he clearly knows nothing about it. Oh, but trust me, it's five hours, but you will be very educated and pleasantly surprised at the end of it. Even my mind was blown. Well, all I will say is this in regards to that. Back at the State of the Union speech, Ryan commented about walking out, stating that it's like professional wrestling. It's all fake anyway. I assure you, Mr. Ryan, professional wrestling is a lot more real than politics could ever hope to be. I am Harry Broadhurst for the unprofessional... And returning, Jason Teasley, The Riz, Randy Isbell, and the anchorman, Eric Watkins. The Voice of Reason thanks you for listening to the kickoff of the presentation of the W2M Network.